welcome back to the Everything Let's Go podcast. I am Stephen, and with me, as always, but not always in this manner, is Brandon. How you feeling, man? I can shake your hand. Dude. I can shake this We're man. actually here, man. I can actually shake this man's hand. It's been a long time coming. Dude, we've not actually seen each other in one year. Uh, if you're li- just listening to this episode, that doesn't really matter because you can't tell that we're like in the same place. In fact, the audio quality might actually be worse <laughs> as a result of how we're recording this. But that doesn't matter. That's that's inconsequential. What matters is that we are here. We're doing this episode. And to go along with that, we're happy to be here. And it's a special episode. It is a special episode. I, I mean, we actually talked the other day about how uh, we've only seen each other, what, four or five times since uh, we lived in the same place? Yeah. Which So it's it, it, it seems like, oh, it's not a big deal because they are doing a podcast episode live each week. But we haven't seen each other in a year in the same place. And uh, we've never done an episode live before. So it's pretty no. cool. And, uh, I mean, all, all day today has been uh, filled with productivity, making videos and stuff. So it's it's been a blast so far. Yeah, we've recorded um what like three or three videos today Three videos yeah and we've done like lots of vlog stuff and uh yeah so it's been a good experience and this episode we're gonna do four different topics instead of just one that we kind of go far into details on so we're gonna just go down the line and actually the last topic on here is about stranger things yeah which feels a little bit delayed now because it's been some time since we both finished it but I'm excited to talk about it. Well, probably good, too, because it gives everybody else a chance to, to catch up on it if they haven't, because not everybody's a binge watcher like I was. I, I watched oh, yeah. literally every episode in one night, so it felt like one long movie to me. Definitely. But yeah, no, it's going to be a, a nice nice conversation. So Definitely. Um, and just to warn everyone in advance, when we get to the Stranger Things portion, there will be spoilers. So when we say Stranger Things, if you don't hear spoilers, then don't. They don't. We got some good music on the outside of the hotel room. <laughs> I don't think the mic will pick it up. To be completely honest, I hope not. It's probably for the best. Okay, it's, it's gonna, all right, we're gonna lose monetization. <laughs> we're gonna lose some monetization. <laughs> uh, so the first thing we're gonna talk about is if everyone spoke their mind, would the world be a better place? Brandon, how are you feeling about this one? So there's an episode of True Detective in season one where uh, one of the characters, Russ Cole, talks about how if if there wasn't religion, uh, people would be getting into the same shit that they're getting into now, except it would be out in the open. And so, uh, I, I don't obviously we don't know that for sure or not. But the idea of if everyone spoke their mind, would the world be a better place? We would actually know what people honestly think and would be able to um, uh, adjust accordingly. I, I think obviously you do run the risk of uh, getting bigotry and racism and stuff like that that maybe is tempered uh typically and now it's out in the open uh but i don't know do you think that would be a better thing or do you think that it it, it's better kept under wraps i mean i think there's a good reason why people don't say like every single thing that comes to their mind i think it's an interesting thought process just because this is so clearly not because as we've talked about a lot of things that people do is to try to give off a certain way uh, of being but if people just said like dude i th- i think you're lame i think that you fucking suck like if people yeah. said this kind of stuff it, it would obviously have an impact on people and obviously we would adjust too. like if that was the norm 
if people speaking their mind was what we were used to, you know, our society would adjust and adapt to what that life would be like. So it might not, it might seem like it'd be all chaos, just everybody, you know, seeing racist stuff, which I don't even think that's true. Like not everybody's racist or, uh, you know, has, has hate in their, in their minds and stuff. But uh, again, society would adapt to what we were used to. And if that was the norm, I think it would, um, our, our society would be uh, able to uh, adjust to whatever is being said. And honestly, for for me, I, and I've said this on the podcast previously, having the truth out there allows everybody involved to make an accurate um you know, an accurate decision based on the information they have. When people hold withhold information, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to read you. I'm trying to guess what's what's actually going on, what you actually mean by something. If everything was just honest, then I know exactly where you're coming from. I don't have to try to figure it out. Maybe there'd be less insecurity even. I mean you'd think maybe if I just told you exactly what I thought about you, there might be more insecurity. Well I don't know how you are, but if someone just flat out says to me like that haircut's stupid, which I mean, people might say that to me sometimes. Like, hey, what's that going on in the back there? People say it to me sometimes. It makes me like think twice about things. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm going to do something necessarily different. But I do think that the transparency would cause some people to do things differently. Yeah. The problem is, though, is people I don't think in actually think that other people know better. Because you hear all the time, like, Dude, people are just stupid. Like, you, this is a very, very common comment. So I feel like that pretty much means that just because you hear something doesn't mean you're actually going to do anything that's going to change it all. So, like, the world being a better place, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times people are just cynical by nature. So, like, I don't really know that the world becomes a better place. I think it might get people to speak more kindly towards each other after a while because when they start feeling, like, the the pain of, like, oh, that sucked that the person just told me that I'm ugly. Like, maybe I should I don't know. It sounds bad to say. Well, well, that's saying that eventually there would be the filter. And I think the idea of everyone spoke their mind, there wouldn't be that filter. So you're saying that they would eventually adjust because of maybe their, their experiences. But this, I, I think the, the concept of this would be that there wouldn't be an, it's just boom. Everyone says exactly what they're thinking, regardless of how you might take it or something. I think, um, I think you bring up a good point with that though, is just, uh, there are some things that I might work through in my own head that I actually think, but I don't say, and it's not because, oh, I'm afraid to speak my mind, but sometimes it's just like, I need to be more calculated about what I actually think. You know, a thought may come into my head that I can't control even. And if I just speak on it right away, I might not have all the information at my disposal. I I might uh, rush to conclusions, you know, just because I'm speaking my mind. So I, obviously we're at, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a hypothetical scenario, but I think there is some some good with filters, like um, just being able to think through your thoughts and and maybe adjusting the way you think before just speaking your mind is a good quality to have let's reverse engineer this a little bit so if everyone spoke their mind would the world be a better place so nowadays people don't all speak their mind and we think that the world is a worse place because everyone doesn't speak their mind because that's the part about this that gets me the most confused because what about us not speaking our mind makes the world a worse place that's what i'm like that's the number one thing that i keep having like 
run through my head over and over again because, I mean, we have people who say really messed up mean things to people sometimes. They're like, oh, man, the world's a terrible place. But, like, in this situation, would people be kind? Like, you know, you're actually a really beautiful person. Like, I, I don't know. Would people be nicer if this was the case? Well, the people who probably say a bunch of hateful things, they probably don't have a filter as it is. Yeah. So you're probably not changing that demographic yeah. as much. What I would think you'd be changing is the demographic who is afraid to speak their mind. Maybe the people who have actually like great ideas or are things that are, are worth listening to. You know, maybe maybe those people now have a voice because they're not afraid you know, if, if everybody just kind of said what they wanted to say, you get those people who at other times wouldn't be able to say that or are afraid to say it or for whatever reason, they don't think they should say it. Now those people get to speak up. Maybe that diversity in perspectives and stuff, maybe that adds to what the world is like. That's interesting. Like an interesting way to look at it that only certain people are affected by this because you think maybe some people really do speak. I mean, there are people who are more transparent who definitely do speak their mind more often, but... The people who don't say anything at all, because I feel like that's a thing. Like just because it, you're gonna speak what's on your mind, does that mean if you are a? I know this is really diving deep into a hypothetical situation, but if you're a very quiet person, are you now going to speak your mind? Like you don't say much. Period. Well, that's kind of how I interpret the question. Is that uh, this would imp like if everybody spoke their mind? We're saying everybody. So, so like now introverts, they're like people who don't say anything. Yeah. Now. Well, I would love, honestly, to have people who don't say anything now. I would love just to hear them have perspective because I did a really cool exercise. Um, it was like a work exercise that I did in the past where you had to identify yourself as an introvert or an extrovert. And it was really interesting to have like the so-called introverts sit together and then the so-called extroverts sit together and then have them address what they didn't like about the other one. Like, I really hate how the... The extroverts just have so much confidence and they just come in and ask tough questions. It's like, I need some time to think about it. And I thought that exercise was super fascinating. So I would be really curious to hear someone who falls in that category to actually like talk about this kind of stuff. Two things I think about from just from that is number one, um, and you probably felt this way. I've, I've met people who I think are quiet and and we might have a quality about us that brings something out of, of people that might not typically do that in public or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, God, you're incredible. You're awesome. You're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I wish you showed this to everybody. Um, I, I've had moments like that with people. And so that would be really cool. The only, the only thing that I just kind of thought of that might not be good about this is a big thing within communication is the capacity to listen. Yeah. To really listen. And if everybody spoke their mind, I wonder if it would turn into uh, even less of like a listening uh, society or world because everybody's busy saying what they think rather than taking in what some people are saying and, and really um, trying to you know, absorb that information and, and bring something out afterwards instead of just like always, oh, well, I think this. No, I think this. Yeah, I think yeah. that. I think, you know, because that can get messy and, and you don't make a lot of change when it's constantly just speaking at each other rather than I'm going to speak and I'm really going to listen to you and retain what you say. Yeah, it's not like people actually do that. Like, I feel like most times when people hear things, people don't just go home and think to themselves, you know, I'm really going to take that comment. I mean, there are certain things, like if someone says to me, you're, I don't know, something is weird about me, or like, I don't, I hate the way that you talk with your, like, honestly, when you mentioned the fact that 
I, the fact that I talk with my hands a lot is distracting at times, like in my videos. I remember really thinking about that and being like, should I reconsider how I'm doing all my videos and, and how I'm presenting myself? Ultimately, I decided that that was a part of me to talk with my hands, so I yeah. decided I'm not gonna change that, but I do think it's helpful sometimes to get these little these like little bits of input to then you know reassess how you do things. So I think that there is something that's really nice about people speaking their minds, even when sometimes it actually like stings a little bit. Yeah. Not that it, I mean the hand sting really didn't sting in that particular instance, but like, there's been times where people have said things to me, and I'm like, damn, they're kind of right. Well, yeah, and I think you bring up a good point with that too. Is is you had the capacity to take in what I said and then filter it out to what mattered to you yeah. to you like it might have been good input just for you to pay attention to mm -hmm. but you're like you know it's okay I, I even if it might be distracting to brandon or something or even on it's just part of who i am exactly. but not not everybody probably can do that no some no, people would be point. like if if someone spoke their mind oh i gotta listen to i mean you know people who are really influenced externally yeah. who if if someone's always speaking their mind to them they might just like change who they are completely to abide by what everybody else wants. Yeah. Um, and you would hope, because I think a lot of our thoughts get disillusioned by external things. So speaking our mind, maybe we are what what's in our head, our thoughts or something are are not actually genuine to who we are, but they become manipulated by what everybody else is saying to us. And that'd be a scary thing as well. Okay, so general takeaway. Do you think it would be a better place? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough to actually answer this, but what do you think? I'm just going to say, I'm going to say yes, because I think, again, I think the one, I think um, the people who don't typically get to have their voice heard, this will positively impact, and the people who already do this you know, they they monopolize the time in which they get to speak their mind. So this evens the playing field. And I really like the idea of all the information out on the table mm -hmm. rather than us trying to pick apart what people might mean or what's actually going on. Um, and it puts everybody at an even playing field with the information at our disposal. Might be a harder life, but I think it might be better. Yeah. I... I'll be honest, this really does throw me off because my initial gut is, no, the world's not a better place. But there's a situation in which I could see this making the world a better place just because so much of the world is dark because people, like, oppress themselves or, like, just, like, they keep things um, inside of themselves instead of, like, letting it out that I wonder if the world could be a better place. But I think that there's some reason why we don't say everything yeah i mean it's a valid point i i, I just felt like if we're gonna wrap it up i gotta yeah, choose yeah. one of them and <laughs> no i mean that's that's what we do everything must go everything must go. <laughs> okay this question super super deep is there a perfect life why do we strive for perfection if it is not attainable brandon what do you think well by that second question we're kind of already answering the first one really is there's not really a perfect life. No, I think no, definitely not. I think you can go back to our conversation last week um, about the uh, adulting and um, the last episode because we talked about um, how when you start obtaining things and achieving things, you just want more. You want something different. You, you're. I, I think it's in human nature to never be fully 
content. I, I mean, maybe that's not true. Maybe there are people who just get to a certain place and they're like, oh, this is absolutely everything I ever need. I'm good. Um, or, But I, I also wonder if that actually is a mindset that you have to work towards. You have to really fight to to train yourself to be like that. So I would say no, there's not a perfect life because I, I even think of the, the movie um, uh, Mr. Nobody, which I've told you to watch a billion times. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to watch it. Uh, the, the life... So it basically the movie is him living out different simulations of his life and the life where he basically had everything exactly the way he wanted it was the life that he committed suicide in. Now, obviously this is a movie, yeah, but I yeah. think I think philosophically that does point to the possibility of um especially if you're looking externally for things, oh I wish I had this, I wish I had that, I wish people thought of me this way. I don't know that you can ever fully be fulfilled when those are the things that you're trying to obtain. Now, if there was a perfect life internally, I guess maybe that would be more realistic where it's like, if I could get to this place within myself specifically, no matter what my ex, what my environment is like, I'll be secure and I'll be good. Then maybe I could, I could see an argument for it. But I mean, before I keep talking, what what do you think? (laughs) Uh, well, one, no, I mean, is there a perfect life? It, to me, it's just like such an obvious no that I feel like I don't even need to elaborate too much on that because one, like, I don't think anything is perfect. Um, why I think we strive for perfection is because I think we see, I think people in, in general are, are envious. Like I think people, like we see things and we get a feeling of like, oh, I, you know, I want that. And that to us is like almost striving for perfection to me is we find things that feel like something that we want and we kind of, and as we've talked about, I I disagree with the idea that there's like endpoints, but I think in our head we sort of think, well, once I get to this place, that almost becomes like your perfection. Like it almost becomes like, you know, your end goal of what you're trying to get to, um, where as I think it's, you hit checkpoints, but some... I think humans by nature, we find something we're trying to get to, and we think once we get there, like everything is great. Which is why I think we see uh, celebrities, and we think, man, if I could just be like Kim Kardashian, have the millions, have the the love and support of all these fans and everything, like I would be this amazingly happy person. Like that, like she's so perfect. And you hear people throw around this term of being perfect, but I think perfect is just something that we kind of imagine in our head. Like things are. Unfortunately, things in life are never as good as we imagine. There's never, there's never really a time where we dream up something and like imagine it, and then it gets there and it feels as good as it does. And that sounds really, really depressing. Yeah. Um, but it is, for the most part, true. Like there are times where we're pleasantly surprised. But I think the bigger picture here is it never feels as good, or it's never as much of a amazing thing. Like life is not like the movies. It's not like in the very end where you're like, oh, you just kind of walk away from the theater and thinking. This person's going to live on happily ever after. What actually is happily ever after? Because in every happily ever after, a big part of your life is still spent having days of depression or having days where you feel like um, you're not you're, you're not in a good mood or you're in pain or any number of different things. So I think that this, this concept of perfection is just people striving to feel good. Like we, as... as 
people, we feel happy from something. We want to feel happy as much as we can. So we strive to find something that we think is going to give us this happiness forever. And I've always thought too, when, when it, your, your um, discussion about movies, I've always thought it'd be really interesting if someone took the time to like make the movie after all movies so like we see the notebook, what happened in the notebook, and yeah, we find yeah. out what happened afterwards, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just like different movies that are like, oh, it's a happy ending. It's like okay, well then their relationship was shit after that, but we didn't actually get to see it because exactly. that was the end of the movie. The other thing I was thinking about is when you say, I mean, you mentioned the the idea of nothing ever is as good as maybe we might make it out to be in our heads, and yeah. that can seem kind of depressing. I also think a perspective that might be helpful is to think of that as liberating. Mm -hmm. Like nothing is as much as we build it up to be. So it's like, I don't need to put all this pressure on myself to go achieve this and get that and, and make it to this point in my life because it's really not that big of a deal. Like, yes, I want to strive for things and I want to see how far I can get and how high I can push the ceiling because I mean, that's kind of what, what living life is about. If you want to call something living life to the fullest, it's, it's pushing those boundaries. But, uh, but the idea of putting pressure on herself to reach that point, it's kind of liberating because it's like, no matter what I achieve or what I don't achieve to a certain extent, it's never going to be as good or as bad as I might make it out to be in my head. And the other thing I wanted to say is I think in a way, social media kind of capitalized on that idea of displaying or obtaining perfection you know we we want to be the the heroes of our story and we want to display this certain lifestyle and i mean you i mean probably everybody that listens to this podcast knows somebody who on facebook or instagram like oh my relationship's so great or my life is so happy and then you're like they're about to break up like every oh, week yeah. you know especially when you know the details like actually behind the scenes and you're like no i actually know this is not going well <laughs> i think you told me one time about like a friend or something who went on a vacation and they posted all these pictures and it was like oh great you you actually talked to them before they posted the pictures or something and they just told you that the vacation was shit I don't oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so it's just like what we display, we want we want to portray this certain sense of perfection because we also see that in people that we don't actually know. We we build up these ideas in our heads and then the people that actually know what's actually going on, it's like, wait, they're just another person that's got all the same shit that I got. So why am I stressing so much about what I have and don't have, you know? Yeah, we as humans really care about other people thinking we're cool or yeah. thinking that we're like, have these awesome lives which is so interesting to me because our lives are so independent of other people like sure we cross paths with other people but like that's it like they really it sounds terrible like they don't really matter that much like why does it matter this random like when you post something on instagram and you get likes i mean does that actually matter at all no it, it really doesn't matter at all but for some reason we strive for this perfection and i don't even get it yeah well it's you and i you and i have had because we're motivated by different things you and i have had conversations where numbers are fascinating to you mm -hmm. you are kind of a numbers guy who is pushed by numbers and i i get fed up with it i'm like dude yeah, we quit get, telling we get me arguments about over it sometimes <laughs> you're like dude i don't care about this yeah and I'm like yeah but the numbers the numbers mean something like they, they speak for themselves look like all the big people they've got numbers 
So yeah, exactly. What well, are we until we have this? Especially if you want to monetize like your art or something, you need numbers in order to do that. So mm-hmm. there are certain parts within society that are built in that those numbers actually do matter. But when you think about being the person yeah. and like living a life that's that's uh, fulfilling to you, that's where I'm just like, well, regardless of where I end up in my career or anything, I just kind of want a life that I feel fulfilled in. So, but but I think both of those. Because realistically, if we want to be successful with the podcast, like we're going to need that perspective in order to push ourselves towards something physically, you know, uh, representable in, in order to, to make it in some way, shape or form. Me just saying, oh, I just want to do this because it makes me feel happy. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm, I feel that way. But is that going to keep us striving towards something that we're going to actually be able to market, you know? So it's, it's kind of, I think trying to balance those things where that, that might be the good yin and yang aspect. I also wanted to say too, there, there are some, I learned about this, um, in, in some, uh, Buddhist, uh, uh, like theory and stuff, especially we, I learned about this a little bit Buddhist psychology and how, uh, there's impermanence like you think about people before you were friends with them you had nothing to do with and a person that you might be friends with or like look up to somebody else thinks that of them as an enemy so it's there's all these different perspectives of things and so when you bring up the point of us being isolated from all these other people yeah. we truly we truly are there is an impermanence aspect you and i might be best friends today but tomorrow you might piss me off with those damn numbers well, yeah, I mean, even just the people that we idolize, like someone who I might think is the most amazingly cool person ever, you might be like, I, I can't stand that guy. I don't get this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like you might see no value in like anything that they do. Just like, oh, it seems okay, but yeah, I, I, even that to me is super, super fascinating. Like I, I see it all the time with music. Like I might think something is like the most incredible thing ever, and someone else literally could care less and doesn't see any. Value could care less that. or couldn't care less? I don't know, either way. <laughs> <laughs> Could or couldn't care less. Oh, man. We actually talked about this earlier today, too, with My Chemical Romance, their song, uh, Teenagers. <laughs> they say they could care less as long as someone will bleed. Grammatically, that's not correct because it's couldn't care less. So they fucked up, man. Dude, I really care about that. <laughs> There's one thing I really care about is that. <laughs> you couldn't care less about my could care less take. Did we come up with any... Thing on this, like any concrete, any any takeaway really on well, just like perfection. So why do we strive for perfections if it's not attainable? Um, Well, that's interesting because I feel like we do all know, like from the start, we're told nobody's perfect, nothing's perfect. We're told this from like day one. It's one of the first lessons we're ever told. Yet we strive towards it. I guess I don't fully believe that we strive towards perfection per se. I think we strive towards the closest version. Of our own individual perfection. I well, that's kind of what it means. Like, yeah, I, I think that's, that's what we do. I think you're looking at it as I like there's an actual uh, perfection. I'm just saying that this is my interpretation <laughs> based on the dictionary definition, Webster's. Um, <laughs> Webster's is the dictionary definition, right? That's the that's the big dictionary thing. Merriam-Webster, I think it, it's it's both. Yeah. It's hyphenated. Dude, look, check the stats. <laughs> Check the, stats. Check the stats, dude. We're getting off the rails. I think I think it's just yeah, human nature. I think we try to strive for things. When we consume things, we want those things, and then that becomes our ideal self or our mm-hmm. our, our vision of perfection. Um, and that's why I think it isn't 
attainable because you get those things just like you said and you realize it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be in your own mind and i think we romanticize things that we don't have too like there is a bit of us i think in a lot of cases not everybody but i I think in a lot of cases where we have this the grass is always greener mentality and so um i think that's something that maybe I, i would encourage us to all work on is like uh, yes, you want to strive for things and have goals and aspirations. I, I do think that those are beautiful, but I also think finding the, striking the balance of soaking in the time that you're in and the things that you do have, whether that's uh, you know physical things like I, I've got a car and, and a roof over my head, or just like the bonds that you have, the family members that you have, the friends, you know, whatever that might be. Anything else you want to say on this topic? No, I think we're good. Let's move on to the next one. This next one's really big. Especially because it really applies to us. Can life be meaningful without friends? You want to start with this one? Sure. Yeah, we don't need the friends. <laughs> I don't need friends. Fuck, fuck friends. Forget, right? forget a friend. Forget a Brandon Flippin. Uh, 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 I would say life has more meaning with friends. Undoubtedly. Because for me, I always talk about how... My, I want to go on an adventure in my life. Like I, I'm big on having this this narrative. I'm big on having this like life story, like things I can pass down, leaving behind a legacy, um, seeing the world, having all of these amazing experiences. And I think one of the best parts about doing this stuff, and I feel like I'm not alone in this, is sharing a lot of these stories, um, and sharing a lot of these moments with other people, and whether that's family members, whether that's friends, significant others, I think it things do, for me, personally have more meaning when I'm able to share them. Um, I don't know, there's just, there's something about the bond, like, I get it, people like to go pick a, a destination, fly there, travel around, say that they found themselves, like, I went to Europe, and I backpacked, and I found myself. First off, you sound like a prick when you say that. I, this is one of those things that I'm gets me... I'm backing off here, this right? Is, this is one of these things that gets me really heated. It's like this new thing that millennials... Just those millennials... Oh, you're against folks. millennials now? <laughs> this guy that is a millennial against millennials? I just hate it. I hate when straight white males, millennials, go... Steven, a.k.a. <laughs> guy against millennials. No, but okay. So <laughs> before we get too sidetracked on this weird rant, I just... I feel like at that point that I was making really wasn't going anywhere, so I'm going to back. <laughs> well, I also, you didn't really answer the question, because the question is, can life be meaningful without friends? You said, well, life is better with friends. <laughs> so answer yeah. the damn question. Yes, I think it can be meaningful without friends, oh. because I do think that you're able to find, I think certain people can just, like, find fulfillment. This kind of goes back to, one of our episodes about like finding fulfillment, and I was like, you know, if you just lived in one town or one house and you just never like left, went anywhere else, can you find fulfillment? In the same way, whereas if somebody was born in a room with no windows, could they find fulfillment in this one little room? And in that situation, they don't, they're not, they don't have friends, they don't have contacts with anyone. I think you could find it. I think, I think the idea of having friends is better, but I think it's interesting because a lot of people don't like other people. So that to me kind of makes me think you probably could still find fulfillment. Yeah. But even for those people that don't like other people, it's, they typically have like a couple people that 
are no, like their people. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you just making shit up. <laughs> no, every person I know that has this, they don't know any. They don't like any people. Look at Shrek. <laughs> oh yeah. Shrek was perfectly fine before Donkey got there. Yeah. He well, was in a swamp, mind his own damn business. He was fine. That actually gets into the topic of so you're you're unrealistic idea of a person growing up in a room with just walls <laughs> my, for the scenario my unrealistic idea of an ogre growing up in a swamp <laughs> is is that actual fulfillment or is that the illusion of fulfillment because they're ignorant why, is it, why of, does it matter if it's an illusion? of what else why does it matter if it's an illusion i'm asking you the question so if it you don't think it matters it doesn't it doesn't matter okay i mean it doesn't it, it ultimately just because i think that someone's life is stupid and like the way that they do it i wouldn't find any fulfillment it doesn't mean that that's just how things are so no I think we need to govern this this needs to be dude, part of we society don't need government man anarchy worked for the ancient i'm gonna make up some type of people that didn't exist but everyone knows that right? the zig and zongs the, you z- remember? the, the zing zong try <laughs> the zig zongs they didn't need government it was just happiness they just, they just believed in the trees and the trees guided them they didn't need friends either. The, what, the trees. What, what we really mean they didn't need friends. The trees governed. So it wasn't really anarchy. <laughs> it was like it was a step away because they, they let nature do the governing. Yeah, makes but, sense. But look, they were happy. They didn't even have like friends by typical definitions. Yeah, I mean the Zigazongs. It's <laughs> they're the people that we can strive to be. They built we... they built the pyramids. Well. <laughs> I love how on this specific topic we just like completely got off the rails. Because okay, can can life be meaningful without friends? I mean, what is what is meaningful? What is meaningful? What do you guys think meaningful is? I don't think it's a thing. You're the one <laughs> answering the damn question. What do you mean? Mean, You answer from your perspective, from motherfucker. Perspective, from my perspective, yes. Okay, that's it. I mean for me, no. <laughs> oh my god. For me, no, but I'm saying in general. I don't judge. If you don't need friends, you don't need friends. Do you think, though, that the people who say they don't need friends maybe are the ones who need friends the most? No, that's a whole other <laughs> <laughs> that That might be true. I think there's probably a little bit of truth. People don't, I mean, here's the thing. If you never had a friend, you wouldn't know what it was like to have a friend. I mean, how do we define life? How, how do we define <laughs> uh, do we define life? Dude, look up Webster's. Go get Webster. <laughs> I got Webster's. It's imagine. Well, how do we define? As far as how I'm do we define Webster? This is Webster. Who the hell is Webster? Who the hell? Is, I, here's the thing. We're putting so much stock. Whoever, like, this is a side note. Whoever made the dictionary, we Merriam-Webster. We Merriam-Webster. We have put so much stock, like. How do you get to be the person who decides what this word means? Like, if you really think about it, it's like, all right, what, is, what, how, what are they basing this off of? It's their own perspective. It's is this like it's like one of those things where it's like backed by gold. Like, is there somewhere where like, well, we went back and looked at all the words written on stones. We were able we were able to find that water does indeed mean a liquid that's clear that you drink. We're able to get back to the root of that. <laughs> all right, this is off the road. <laughs> All right, I want to answer this. Can life be meaningful without friends? Um, I think at the bare minimum, it can be meaningful, yes. I mean, I don't want that life, but I think you can have a meaningful life without 
friends. Like I, I think that you need other people's perspectives for sure. But uh, in order for to, to lead a meaningful life, I, I don't think that friends is a necessity. It's just it's a luxury. It's something that adds to life. It adds to the the fulfillment within life. But I mean, we've talked about a, a meaningful life could be you just for your entire life, you do things for other people and never do anything for yourself. I mean, you might have a serious impact on other people. You don't have to have friends in that scenario to to do things for other people. You just do it because that's the life that you want to lead. I don't know how realistic that life would be or I don't know, but I, I do think that it could, it can be. I don't see it. <laughs> the first answer you had was yes, you agreed with me. Yeah, but I'm playing a character. <laughs> no, you're playing your character now. I'm playing a character. We did a lot of acting earlier today, so I, I'm one of those characters. We're, we basically are going to have different dimension versions of ourselves. These characters are just like if we were in a different multiverse. Yeah, that's it. That's that's all it is. <laughs> okay, anything else we want to talk about being meaning life being meaningful without friends? Without um, friends? I would say just strive to have friends because I think it's a luxury that adds to uh, life. But uh, I do think that you can lead a meaningful life without friends. Well. I really do think that there's a good reason why people tend to gravitate towards other people more than just for the, I don't know, like, there's always been tribes, there's always been, like, some sort of combination of people living amongst each other, and I do think that there is sort of a camaraderie does feel nice, it does, it does help to know that you're not alone in the things that you go through, like, I think that people are always looking for that ability to connect with one another. Like, people are always trying to learn other people's languages to just find that deeper way to connect with one another. So I, I do think that there's a good reason why it does feel good to have friends. So I think having them is a better way to do life. Well, there's there's serious research on isolation. If you completely isolate yourself from people, it, it increases your chances of a lot of mental health issues yeah. like dementia and like depression, all of this stuff. You increase your chance of, of kind of developing those diagnoses. And, and so I definitely think there is something to we need people in our life in some way, shape, or form for sure. Yeah. So... Um, want to talk about Stranger Things? Let's freaking talk about Stranger Things, dude. Okay, so from your perspective, I want a little bit of background on. Okay. So I, let me just say one thing first for anyone who doesn't know about my well, Stranger Things series or anything. Let's also say spoiler alert too. Yeah, yeah. As I said, when we get to this part of the podcast. This is the spoiler section. So if you haven't seen Stranger Things, cover your ears and just look at our beautiful faces, or uh, don't watch this or listen to it because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna know what happens now that being the case um i made an entire like stranger things series on youtube you can find it on my youtube channel Stephen russell b and that's Stephen with the v not a ph thank you brandon earlier today for plugging my youtube channel when we were at best buy love to hear that kind of stuff that's what a friend is for. That's why life is more meaningful with friends. Dude, you wouldn't right. have made it without me because I'm a friend. That's a good point. So that being the case, if you haven't checked out my series, you can do it so you can you know, hear some more of my thoughts on it. But um, I've watched every episode of Stranger Things. Before going into season three, 
my favorite season was season one. I thought season two was still good. I didn't think it was bad. Um, what, what what were your thoughts going into season three? I mean, just I, I thought it was a quality show. I I didn't really get into this. Oh, I think season one's better than season two. I just I I enjoyed I've enjoyed the show so far, and I've I've liked both seasons. Um, I think that it's. I, I like what they do strive to like have a new kind of sci-fi twist on, I mean, it's it, obviously it has a, a bit of the same themes and stuff in each season, but I think overall, like I, I like that they strive to have a new little twist on what's going on in the, the science fiction world aspect. And obviously that, that whole eighties vibe that they have mm-hmm. is really cool. Like, yeah, and I, yeah. I think it's, it's a formula right now, at least that really works. Like one of my favorite movies um, in the past couple of years is it. I don't know if you saw it, I but actually didn't, no. I'm not even a big horror guy, but they had that similar like eighties kids hanging out. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, basically yeah. like a playoff of stranger things is kind of what people, I mean, it was uh, Stephen King yeah, thing, yeah, but yeah. just they, they had a very similar vibe to the Stranger Things aspect, and I really enjoyed it, and I think that the formula is kind of foolproof. Um, not not really foolproof, but I, I just think I, re- I really enjoyed it. So going into the season, I was just excited for it to come out because, you know, I especially lately, I've had a, a hard time finding shows that really keep my attention. So mm-hmm. Stranger Things, I was, like, really pumped for it to finally be out again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of similar in the fact of, like, I don't like to just say, like, I'm not all about saying, oh, season one so much better than season two. I, I just... Even I liked, though you just did. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. So <laughs> I want to, like... I'm a numbers person. I'm, I'm just trying to... I'm trying to paint something here, you know? Like, I'm trying to paint a picture. Wait, you're a numbers call me, person? Call me, call me Picasso, all right? How is this a num- Just because know. you said season one and two, there are numbers <laughs> in those sentences? So? Who knows those, Trace? At the end of the day, numbers, letters, it doesn't matter. What we're talking about here is strange things. <laughs> I'm really good with segues today. Uh... So, Stranger Things Season 3. Um, this is a good season. <laughs> really good season. All right. So, what, what about some highlights? What, what do you think stood out to you about Season 3? What, what did you really like? What, and yeah. Let's just start with likes. Okay, and then we things go to I liked about Season 3. I really liked the character development in this season. Like, I, li- I really liked what they did with all of the, like, the kid characters. Like, they, it was really cool to see, like, who they paired with. Like, it was cool to see Steve and, like, Dustin together. Robin was a cool inclusion of a character because she was a little bit different than, uh, like, let's say Nancy or some. You're of the a big characters. fan of Erica. Big fan of Erica, I guess. <laughs> Good comment. <laughs> uh, well, you told me like Erica's not even a main character. Yeah, one of my friends was like, "So, what are your thoughts on Erica?" She character? is a main character. I was like, she doesn't even do that much. I didn't. I mean, she doesn't have a huge role. She's on the list as a main character. I mean, she's a main character, but she's not like one of the main characters. Yes, she is. She's uh, one of the main characters now. I think you're wrong, but that doesn't matter. What matters <laughs> is uh, good things about this. Okay, so I like that. I love how it takes place in a mall. I don't know. I just thought the, the way that they like incorporated the mall, I thought it was just super cool. I would love to know behind the scenes on that mall. Is that like a actual mall that was like abandoned or something, and they just turned it into a set? I don't. I don't know the behind the scenes on that. Um, I know. In the past, they had like behind the scenes of seasons one and two. Do they have that in Stranger Things? I don't know. I, I didn't even know that they had those for season one and two. So yeah, they had they had some behind the scenes stuff. I liked to uh, listen to that, but I don't know much about it. But I thought the mall stuff was really really cool, and I thought the giant monster is like really awesome. Um, he like the effects were so good. The music was great again. Um, 
I just thought it felt like I was watching a really long movie. Um, and that is, it's just, it's just cool that now TV shows, when they become this big, they can put this massive budget into it and it can look like that. Yeah. So I really liked the whole, that's the whole, the whole like vibe of it was good. And I thought like some of the comedic elements, it was admittedly like less dark of a season. Um, and the fact of like, it, it felt a little bit less horror-like and a little bit more lighthearted and goofy at times. Yeah. Um, well, if you look from season one to, to now, yeah, like yeah. season one was pretty freaking dark. Like, yeah. The kidnapping and people just dying off and you yeah. don't know what the hell is going on. But this exactly. season, it's like you kind of know what's going on. And now it's like – and the character development. I remember you saying you weren't a big fan of Eleven before the season, right? I just felt like Eleven was a little overrated. Like I, I liked her, but in season two, I don't know. Her development to me, it didn't – I wasn't like super all about it. I was really curious to know how it would go because let's be honest – she is like the coolest character just because there's a lot of mystery behind her and there's just so much that we want to know. So I was really anxious to see what they did and I was not disappointed by how they used her. And I, th- I feel like they used her just the perfect amount. She wasn't overpowered. She felt a little more humanized, which was great because that made her feel... Um, it was it was cool to like actually see her feel empathy and just some of the normal stuff she was going through. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. For me, I... Each season, what one thing I really like about uh, just shows in general is if they can kind of hit me in an emotional place. Like season one, obviously finding Will, you know that was that was a big thing, getting him back. Even though we found him and he doesn't do like anything. Yeah, not, he's not, not that big, but I mean, well, he can feel on the back of his neck that people are. It's true. <laughs> the place coming. That's true. Um, no, but you know that was that was really emotional, and then Eleven like sacrificing herself to save everybody, and you could tell that her and uh, God, what's that character? Uh, her boyfriend, what's his name? Oh, uh, Mike. Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike. Her and Mike, you know, you really want them to be together, and that led into season two, and them kind of re him not knowing that she's alive. Um, but kind of feeling like she is, and then them reconnecting. I remember that was so awesome. I loved that so much. And then also Bob dying in season two is freaking heart-wrenching. Um, Hopper's been my favorite character the entire time, and having him, um, he was kind of different this season. I feel like he's kind of come to grips with some things that, like season one, he was really dark, like talking yeah, about was. his da- daughter dying and stuff and was a very sympathetic character. Um and uh, you know he's still one of the heroes of this the, uh, of the show. Well, I guess dude, he's, well, he's still alive. Yeah. Well, they said I I didn't even see this part. I don't know why. I must not have just paid attention. But uh, people are saying that he's alive. He's the American that the Russians were talking about at yeah. the end of, of of season three. So I didn't even see that part. So I don't I don't really know the context. I'm much. really excited. That's another thing. I'm really excited for season four because I feel like maybe they will go to Russia, which would be kind of like a cool change of page just to see what could happen there. I mean, I, it's not to say like that's for sure what they're going to do, but it's interesting to know that there's a portal in Russia. Like that opens up a lot of possibilities because maybe there's like more than just those two. Like who knows how many entrances there are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also liked the. I talked to you about this too. I like the, the when, when Billy went into the. Um, well, he got dragged into the basement and there was like another version of him, like in the upside down almost. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool if, if they incorporated that, like there are alternate versions of us in the upside down. That would be really dope. I think that would be a well, cool 
I mean, that kind of actually makes me think about some of the, the negatives of season three, which, um, oh, one other positive while I'm thinking about it is Alexi. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he I was great. Him. He was great. Hold on. Before we get to the negatives, let well, me finish I mean, my just... positives, man. <laughs> uh, right. I want to say that Billy, that that emotional scene where Eleven was like, she was so beautiful, talking about his mother, that's, that got to me. I, I was like, because Billy, I mean, they did a really good job of making him a sympathetic bad guy. Like, you, you kind of feel like this guy's been abused and you know i don't know it's just it's it's tough but um so i really enjoyed that and then honestly i lost my train of thought my other positive it's probably for the best to be honest with you (laughs) you motherfucker (laughs) no i'm just kidding um okay so one of the things that i was a little bit disappointed by when you talked about like the alternate versions i just felt like I expected them to do more with that because it seemed like there was even that one really good scene where you saw all those alternate versions of people um, or all the possessed people in the upside down, and I was just like, "Wow, maybe this is gonna be like I thought." I, I thought that there was gonna be like a, a battle at the end with like an army of all of these people they're gonna have to fight off or something, kind of like similar like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Like I just assumed that's where things were gonna go. That's not what happens. Instead, the giant monster is like taken down pretty. I mean, he's tough to take down, but, like, he just ultimately dies when everything, um... When the flip, the switch gets flipped. Yeah, yeah, And then he just, poof, he's done. Like, that's it. And I, I don't know. I thought that was a little bit anticlimactic. I wanted there to be, like, a little bit of a more, like, epic, like, final scene of fighting all the monsters or something. And my other negative, the Upside Down is my favorite part of Stranger Things, and they don't really go there. Yeah. And I'm just like... What? That was... Un- I mean, I get it. They wanted this season to be about taking place in the like the real world or the regular world. Uh, but, like, w- one cool moment at the end of them going into the Upside Down to fight something is also kind of what I thought. So I thought, like... Or just exploring the Upside Down altogether to yeah, find out more about Just what- something, because I don't know anything more about the Upside Down, really. And I'm just like, but that's one of the cool... I assume season four will know more, but... I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed by that. How did you feel about the uh, Dustin and his girlfriend singing to each other in the middle of like a tense moment? Did you like that? Uh, it was fine. I mean, it was. It, it, it's. I think people have overrated it a little bit. Like, yeah, um, I honestly didn't like it in the in the middle of it. I was like, I get it. Like, this is kind of goofy, or whatever. But I was just like, I don't know. I just kind of felt hokey. To me. Yeah. No, I, I, I normally I like stuff like that, but it just. I just felt like the last episode loses momentum or something. Like it just it didn't feel as like they did. There's, yeah, there's all these like great episodes, all these great endings, but then the last episode, I just felt like it was fine, but it wasn't what I thought it was. Gonna I be. teared up at the Hopper letter though when yeah. Eleven was reading. Well, when Hopper was narrating his own letter, yeah. I teared up. Now, to be frank, I was also awake at two in the morning because I just binge watched the entire season. So. Yeah. There was that, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I I really enjoyed the season, and and um, I might revisit it honestly too. So yeah, I I did say that it's arguably my. I mean, I think it's my favorite season o- overall. It's it's hard for me to say it, and maybe if I went back and watched one and two again, maybe I, I would change my mind. Like I'm open to that. Like there's been times before where I heard a band's new album, and I'm like, this is their best album, and then a couple years later, I realized that I was just like all about it because it was new and then yeah. I realized it doesn't hold up as well that could be what happens in season 3 um, but I will say I wasn't disappointed with season 3 like it was what I was hoping it would be I just um, 
it was just different than what I thought it would be. But I thought it was it was really good, and I'm I would recommend people to watch it. Like I think it's a good show. Yeah. Another really quick disappointment is I don't I didn't like as much the development of Steve. Because I felt like he kind of backtracked a little bit. Like, he was kind of like the comic relief all the time. And I feel like, I don't know, he, he, he now cares again about being popular. Like, I thought that was part of his character development was he yeah. he got over that stuff um, with Nancy and, and, like, realizing that he couldn't have her when he was that guy. But then he is into that again? I don't Dude, know. I, I agree. I feel like they didn't know what they were doing with Steve in this season. I kept thinking that the whole time. I'm just like, like, I don't really get it. Like, now he kind of feels like how he did in season one, and I'm like rooting against him again in a way, but I thought I wanted him to be successful, and then, then there was times where he I did want, and I don't know. It, I just felt like they were very confused on what they were doing with Steve, so I felt like a little bit disappointed by his development. Probably the one character that, I wasn't the biggest fan of what they did with them. Yeah. Because for the most part, I liked almost every other character what they did Except, with them. Except uh, what's Nancy's boyfriend now? Jo- uh, Jonathan? John- you hate Jonathan. I don't like Jonathan. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> he just is... What is cool about he Jonathan? He is pretty boring, to be He's honest. just a very bland character, and I'm just like, what What, what do I got? His, his role in this season was basically just not believe in Nancy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, sweet, Jonathan. How about you just believe Nancy? Because Nancy's like been right about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like, Jonathan's like, no. He never like smiles. And he has no joy in his soul. Not that Not that the guy should stand. I don't know. Like, she's just completely mistreated at that job the entire time. And he's like, no, just stick it up, babe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just he- keep taking this abuse, <laughs> babe. I'm not going to stand up for you at all or anything. Yeah, he just kind of sucks. He's just, he's just weird. He doesn't really evolve into anything particularly cool. It's not like their relationship doesn't develop really at no, all. No, it doesn't do anything. I'm just like I'm like I don't even like Nancy that much. She's fine. She's growing on me. I liked her more by the end. I th- I think she's like kind of a badass. Like I would say, my respect for her grew a lot. But Jonathan, what's changed about this man from the beginning? What has changed about this guy? Nothing. Literally, nothing's changed about this guy. He was pretty good in season one. Like he, he kind of had some mystery to him. Like what? What what's is it about this guy? Now? That he yeah. has no joy in his soul. <laughs> <laughs> the man doesn't laugh. Him and Will have become so like obsolete within the show. <laughs> They're just like Will, dude. It literally in the game video game Banjo Kazooie, you spend this whole game trying to save uh, this their sister Tootie, and then she's not even in like the second game. <laughs> That's what I feel like Will is. Dude, they spend all this time. It's like you finally save him. And you're like, oh, dude, Will's going to be incredible now. He's a part of the team. Doesn't do anything. He gets sad because he's like, oh, man, everyone's got everyone's got boyfriend and girlfriends now. Yeah. And look, I'm just over here. Trying my to dress, wizard. I'm just in my wizard costume. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Give me a break, man. We, we saved you, and this is the best you got. I mean, I'm a little disappointed in that. Well, Could be bad. Probably to be, probably to be expected, honestly. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts? This was a different episode, honestly, in a couple ways. Number one, it's really cool that we're here live, and uh, obviously we couldn't be on Twitch today, which kind of stinks, but uh, just with the internet connection and having to use my laptop to record this, this will just be on YouTube. And then thank you to you guys who are on Instagram watching. Um, that's cool. But then also just the script in general. You know, typically we have like one theme that we kind of stick to the entire mm-hmm. time. This was three different kind of philosophical topics. 
and then talking about Stranger Things, which is it was kind of interesting. Yeah. It kind of wrote the script for us. Really, yeah, I liked it. It was, it was really easy to do, and also just like there's a different vibe of doing it in person because it just feels a little more like I don't know, a, a little more like goofy. Are, and like, are we about to kiss? God. Dude, I literally hate when you do this every time. Every time this man must make this joke. <laughs> My will favorite it, joke. Will it ever be funny? Let us know. EMGpod at gmail.com. Or EMGpod is our Instagram. Like, shoot us a DM. Let us know. Will that joke ever be funny? Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about the importance of family. Uh, we'll actually probably be recording the next couple days, but technically... Uh, we'll, we'll figure out yeah, yeah. when the episode's going to release. But talking about the importance of family, if you guys want to email us, it's emgpod at gmail.com, like Stephen had mentioned. Give us a call at 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app so you get notifications when new episodes come out. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page so you can see our beautiful faces while we do the podcast. And overall, just uh, hit us up if you have any comments or questions. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. I'm holding on to you.